Hello and welcome back to Click Click Bang Bang, a photography podcast. I'm your host, Toby. And I'm Mez. Hey, Mez. We've been away for a little while, firstly because I went on a little trip to Japan, but secondly, we got hit by a pandemic. pandemic. <laughs> what the hell? I go away for five minutes and the world stops spinning. I know, man. It's hectic. It is so hectic. But you know what? We can get through this. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about how we're all going to get through this together. It's easy. Coronavirus. 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 Chinese virus. Oh, my God, Toby. So things have changed since you've been gone. Tell everyone, where have you been? Like, what is happening? Well, I've been to Japan, which was... Uh, amazing but the the funny thing was just before I left this whole COVID-19 coronavirus thing was just kind of starting in places other than China basically yeah and uh, obviously Japan was one of those places because they had that cruise ship there and I went there with my mum and my sister and we'd been kind of back and forth talking about you know should we still go should we cancel you know maybe you know maybe it's uh Maybe it's it's a bad idea to go because everything's going to be closed, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, we decided, look, at the time, it didn't seem quite that bad. And this was, yeah, yeah. what was this? This was uh, end of February. So February the 24th, I think I left. Yeah. And things were not too bad back then. And uh, But <laughs> the funny thing was I freaked myself out when I was at the airport. I'd been looking at the Smart Traveller website over and over again, just checking, is Japan still good? Is Japan still good? And it yeah. was every day green no worries you know they just had the usual thing out on there about fukushima and not to go up there because of the radiation and all that stuff yeah but there was a little note popped up a few days before i left it was still green but it just said you know that we are aware of some coronavirus covid19 cases in japan and it talked about the ship that was there in yokohama and blah 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 and i was like all right fine no worries you know and it just said, you know, exercise a little bit of caution, you know, wash your hands, all that shit that was coming out. Yeah. Anyway, I'm at the airport waiting for my flight and I'm just sitting there, you know, having a coffee, getting excited, thinking, oh, yeah, this is cool, you know, and I'm checking out the gram and a few other bits yeah. and pieces on yeah. my phone. Yeah, getting pumped. And then I stupidly decided to go to the Smart Traveller website and I thought, oh. oh, I'll just double check one more time, you know, one more time. And I checked and it was yellow. It, was, <gasps> it had gone up to level three or whatever that is. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then I thought. Don't tell mum. Don't tell mum. Exactly. I wasn't that worried, but I thought, should I tell my mum or should I not tell my mum? And I just like going over and over my head. And anyway, I decided not to tell her. And uh, and anyway, look, we got to Japan. Everything was fine. It, it was noticeable that there was, the world was about to change because everywhere had hand sanitizer and all that sort of stuff. The, yeah. I didn't really notice the mask thing because people wear masks anyway in Japan. Yeah, yeah. The only other thing that, that was different was that a few places were closed. But, um, but otherwise, it was fantastic. And then the shit hit the fan all over the rest of the world while we were away. And we were like, fuck, man, this is crazy. And then, yeah, yeah it just went even more berserk when, by the time I got home. When did you get home? I got back on the 13th of March which that's was right. just before the shit hit the fan in uh, in Australia I think yeah that's when I was at Formula One <laughs> yeah, oh yeah tell us about that little episode <laughs> well while you're in Japan I 
was shooting quote unquote Formula One. I use that term super lightly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I traveled like I traveled like all the way to Melbourne, which sounds funny because you were all the way in Japan. Such a long and trip. And I yeah. Anyway, I was supposed to be there from like Wednesday. First day of F one is the Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, race day, and then home on the Monday. And so, at like at the time, like when we got there, which was like, I think it was like the uh, 10th or 11th of March or something. Yeah, it wasn't like that serious, especially in Australia. Like it was not like at all a big deal, quote unquote. I sound like a dick now. But that, but it wasn't though. No, it but like it, yeah, it totally wasn't right. And I was like, well, if all these like international people are coming and like they're letting the people from Italy come, like it's gonna be sweet, man. So we went and we went to the first day. So we're like, sweet, oh my god, it's on. Yes, went to the first day and like I got there super early and I photographed like all the pits. And stuff like that. And yeah, I was there like the whole day and took some awesome photos, like seriously good. So pumped. And I was so G'd up for the next day, the Friday, which is practice. Get up the next morning and it was like all over the news that it was like, is it going to be cancelled? Is it not? We're hearing it's cancelled. But the F1 and the FIA are not coming out and saying anything. So we just basically like sat in our hotel room until... Yeah, there was some kind of official word like four hours later from the FIA that it was canned. Jeez. I mean, it was pretty uh, – the the way they kind of announced that cancellation was a bit all over the shop, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was just, terrible because people were lining yeah. up. Like they, yeah. they knew. And then like, you know, there was all this stuff on Twitter that like Sebastian Vettel and another driver had gone home that morning at 6 a.m. because someone like – gave over the flight details and they had it turned out like they had so they knew the night before that it was not going to happen they got on a plane at 6 a.m in the morning and then like everyone was left basically going what's going on like lining up at the gate the next morning <laughs> to like 11 a.m oh my god no it That's was crazy. like a clusterfuck yeah it's funny because we were obviously i work in in sport working for for uh, broadcasters and stuff and we were yeah, we've got a few WhatsApp groups going with various people that I work with, and sport was just getting scratched everywhere at that point. Yeah. You know, I think Formula One went, then the all the football in Europe disappeared. Um, the NBA was one of the first uh, yeah. big ones to shut down. That happened in, in the States. Then the NHL went. But yeah, with the, the AFL and the NRL here in Australia, they kind of clung on till, till the last like you know, Brit- the last, last possible breath. moment and then the yeah. a-league was even worse they went a whole whole other week, week or something yeah it was crazy idiots it was so crazy but like how's it been like obviously like you came back from japan like did you have like how's everything been for you like personally and like with your work because you're a freelancer like i am yeah look it's been it's been interesting i've lost pretty much all my sport work i'm only doing one day a week of, of that now and yeah. we've been trying to come up with ways of you know entertaining the audience because it's not obviously just me that that works there also there's full-time employees the problem for us is content at the moment and you yeah. know what are we what are we going to shoot you know who are we going to interview all this sort of stuff and that's yeah. there's just all these kind of innovative ways you know the other day i got asked to 
sim matches on my xbox which i'm like okay <laughs> fine no worries <laughs> i right. can do that um so that might happen we might just play out you know imaginary fixtures on on the video consoles yeah people right. have been talking about getting uh recording zoom calls and all that sort of stuff yeah um so that's one one half of my work the other half of my work is is with a, a cloud video editing platform and that's been the opposite because now everybody wants to do all their work in the cloud and remotely because oh, they can't right. they can't go into their offices. So we've picked up a new client in Asia. Uh, we've all the clients in the US and and here we've we've got some clients as well. They've all been asking for extra channels because they've got so much news content they need to oh, get out wow. and this other stuff. So that's been good. Um, and photography wise, I, uh, whilst I was away in Japan, I kind of got an inkling that this was going to get big. So I started just, you know, walking around and, and snapping not only my own, uh, stuff, but also some kind of newsy type images, which I sold to, to the agency I work for. Oh, like kind of like what, like street stuff, like people. Yeah. A bit like of street stuff, you know, sign, a lot of signs saying closed, you know, temporarily closed of COVID-19 and, and also, you know, the, the, the extra clean cleanliness that's been going on everywhere, like hand sanitizer. And I've done, I've done a few since I've been back with, uh, in Sydney, I haven't had a good chance to get out and, and shoot in Sydney yet, but I'm, I'm going to try and do that as well. So I'm just trying to think of ideas. Yeah, that's so weird that you mentioned that because today I actually read an article about how COVID themed eye stock photography is going through the roof like it's booming. Oh, yeah, like, I bet it is. yeah, like all that kind of stuff that you shot in Japan. Like people are just like, sweet, all right. But I guess it's it's a case of just trying to diversify a bit and, and and think a bit more, more laterally about what you can do with your camera you Mez, have obviously lost a bit of work from from all this stuff as well because a lot of your stuff involves interacting with people which we can't really do yeah at the moment. well look when you say a little bit i've lost every single <laughs> client pretty much like i lost yeah. i lost like all my bookings except for like some uh really far off distant bookings i've still got those touch wood but um mm. yeah i had people cancel on me like the day before like i had two massive shoots and they called up and canceled the day before because like the whole situation was moving so fast yeah, that really like was. you know like i understood like i totally got it you know what i mean but um yeah so pretty much like everything dried up so at the moment like, uh, yeah, I'm having to think outside the box and try and, like, diversify my business. And one of the, like, huge parts of my business is I do a lot of, like, uh, like I do a lot of talks. I do a lot of presentations. I do workshops, all that kind of stuff. I do tutoring. And so now I'm just, like, bringing it online and doing it through, like, YouTube Live and trying to like make the way it's actually worked out really well because I yeah, don't great. have to drive. I don't. I don't have to drive anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> and like everyone's just like at their computer and like I share my screen and they can see me and everyone can hear me and I have like a live chat going on so people can talk to me and ask me questions as I go. So it's like that's been really good. So. I've been doing a few like sponsored ones of those and I've got a few more coming up. So that's pretty good. That is good. That's great news. And I sort of started like um, putting more stuff on my print store online because like I've always like had a print store on there, but I've never like really paid attention to it. It's kind of like been something I've just had. So I ended up putting like a lot of my Australia photography that I shot last year on there and like 
promoting like paid promotions through Instagram about print sales. And I've gotten like a few like pretty decent orders out of it. Oh, yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Obviously, like, look, this this is like altogether, this is not paying my bills. Like, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's helping, but um, it's not paying my bills. But, you know, I've had to apply for some government assistance, which I think we're going to get into a little bit later because I've got some advice for people. Yeah, it's tricky. Everyone's got to sort of think of new things. I lost all my shoot my travel work. Um, I had oh, a, a couple yeah. of bookings in, in March for, for people that were, you know, initially planning to come here. One was a, a lady from, from Belgium who actually – cancelled pretty late so she oh. I got back on the th- on the 13th and I, she was booked in to meet me the following weekend which I think was the, the I was about 10 days later like the 20 23rd or something like that and I messaged her when I got back because I didn't know what the situation was in Belgium at that point mm. and uh and she said she was coming on a cruise and I was oh. like oh shit okay and I was kind of a little bit half uncomfortable about meeting someone from a cruise to be honest with you but um yeah, dude, as it turned totally. as it as it turned out they they cancelled the whole trip and it never happened and then shoot my travel pretty much told every photographer that you know we're kind of stuck we can't yeah. obviously we're not going to get any booking so you're not going to get much work either so say la vie but um yeah it's been it's been tricky and you know you and i have had to think outside the box to, to produce this bloody podcast as well I, I know mean, because like all your gear is at my house like your microphone your pop stop your stand like everything yeah. so it took us like because we've both obviously been so busy like trying to regather our careers um, <laughs> off the floor yeah that we just the podcast kind of took a bit of a backseat so sorry to everyone for us being super slack yeah, and editing this is going to be a bitch, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's really weird. Like looking at you on the screen, it's so weird. I know. It's just to just to explain what we what we've what we've done is I I shelled out for a, a cheapy USB uh, microphone because my audio interface is too old to work on my current setup, and uh, I've got things hanging all over my room to try and make it sound half decent and i'm looking at mez on a zoom link <laughs> and uh we're trying our best so but it's you know it's yeah, it is what it is. we're gonna, gonna make we it work wanna, we want to give people something to do in these uh in these times we're all looking for time to waste so plus you're like the first person i've spoken to besides my husband and my dog let's start with polite conversation for example it's a pleasure to see you again lovely weather we're having well, one thing I have been doing every day is going out on my bike, which has been a godsend. And oh, God, yeah. It's been funny going out every day. I actually went around um, Circular Quay and I went down to the Opera House and I have never in my life seen the Opera House stairs without a single person on them. Oh, my God. But, uh, but I did see that today. And there was nobody at Circular Quay. The ferries were coming in and out, but... Nobody on them. I, I cycled up George Street, which was, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if a tumbleweed had blown down the road. It was yeah, really, yeah. really quiet. So did you film the whole ride? I did, yeah. Oh, can you please put it up on YouTube, but like at like triple speed? I'm going to do it again, actually, because the, the footage I did with a, with a camera on my helmet is a little bit juddery. So I'm going to try and do a better job of it. My idea was to... Actually, I'm not going to tell you what the idea is because someone might pinch it. Yeah, don't. Don't give away your secrets. I was basically doing it for my for my family. I've got a, a WhatsApp group with my mum, sister and my cousin who's in New York and, uh, and we Zoom uh, chat each other now and then as well. And I really wanted to sort of do it for them and sort of show them 
what it's like here but also in doing it i realized what a stunning place sydney is all these places i went through hyde park and through the domain and all these other places and i was just like wow and when there's no one around it's yeah (laughs) and also like you don't have that like huge level of distraction that you normally would have if you're going into the city like there's no way you would go and ride through the city at peak hour like you just wouldn't do it no no way and that's it's been amazing cycling at the moment because the lack of traffic is just awesome. I came down Pacific Highway the other day and I was like doing S's down the Pacific Highway because there were <laughs> oh no cars. God. It was awesome. That is hectic. It was like the opening scene of that uh, that zombie movie with uh, Killian Murphy in it. What's it called? 28 Days Later. It was like that. Oh, yeah, that, that lo-fi English yeah. one. Now we can all do that scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> we so can. It's weird because, like, around here, around the gong, like, like nothing, like, has seemed to, is seeming to be, like, too different because I guess I don't live in a densely populated area anyway. Yeah. And, like, mostly the people that we see out are people with walking their dogs and going for a surf because, obviously, like, you're still allowed to exercise. And so we still like seeing everyone we kind of know and, like, saying hello but not stopping to chat. And yeah, it's kind of like normal, but not. It's like a really weird feeling. Yeah, it is weird. And what what concerns me more than anything is people's, everyone's become suspicious of everyone now. And, and you know, you, you, you see someone walking towards you on the street and you're like, you know, I've got to cross the street or I've got to, you know, get myself around this, like yeah. be as far away from this person as I possibly can. And that's, that's. That's not nice. That's not really in – well, it's not in my nature to be like that at all, But um, and I'm sure it's not in many people's nature to be like that. So hopefully this all passes soon and we'll all be back to normal and high-fiving and kissing and hugging and all the rest of it. Yeah, and in the meantime, I mean, if people – if creatives are struggling out there, I mean, I guess I've sort of had to go through this whole process of trying to get some assistance from the government. And the the hard thing that has kind of been about it is – like, you know, you'll go and apply for something and like the wait time's really long, obviously, and the payment might not start for a month, but then the government will announce something else and then you're like, wait, do I, should I apply for that? Like, uh, what do I do? Break it down. What was the first thing you did? Like step by step, how did you, well, firstly, let's talk about what's available. And then secondly, you know, how did you go about um, putting yourself in, in into it? There's a few things available and I'm mostly talking here from like if you're a sole trader kind of point mm-hmm. of view, if you're just working for yourself. I don't know too much about what's available for businesses. I only know a little bit. Um, okay. But basically at the moment, you can either like apply for Job Seeker, which is like the doll. It's like new start. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, you can apply for this. You can register your interest in applying for the Job Keeper job keeper payment right um and then i think if you like have like a shop front that has like a commercial shop front that has rent on it i think you can apply for like a rental freeze or if you're paying a mortgage on it you can apply for a mortgage freeze on that yep. commercial property yep. um, i'm not sure what's available in terms of like money in hand to like companies like if you've set yourself up 
as a company instead of a sole trader. I'm not 100% sure. But, uh, you know, head to like treasury.gov.au or the ATO website um, and I'm sure there's heaps of information about businesses and what they can get. But for me as a sole trader, so I'm set up as a sole trader with an ABN and when I get hired, I get hired through invoicing. So I give people a quote and then I invoice them at the end. It's not necessarily like the... Uh, video kind of music industry where people are hired as freelancers, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. where they're like basically on the payroll and they use their tax file number and they're paid super and they're paid an hourly rate. Yeah. Like in a casual type environment. It's not like that. So it's basically like I am my own business, but I'm not a business. I'm a sole trader. So for me, if you're a sole trader, you can apply for the job keeper allowance. You can go to the ATO website, ato.gov.au, and basically on the front page of the website, it'll say information about job keeper. Click on it and then it'll say register your interest with applying for job keeper. And so you click on that, you just have to fill out your name, your ABN and like your contact details. And basically they will contact you. They'll either email you or like text you to say, hey, this application process is open now. Here's how you apply for it. And on the treasury website, treasury.gov.au, there is a really good fact sheet about the JobKeeper allowance. And it kind of gives, you know, real world situations about, who can apply for it and who can't. It's not just for employers who want to keep casual staff. It is for sole traders. So, yeah, so I'm going to apply for that. How do you think the, the, the process has, has been? Because we obviously saw all those uh, all those images of, you know, hundreds of thousands of people queuing at, at Centrelink offices in and around yeah. Sydney. I saw them and obviously in other parts of the country. Now, that's... There were, there were a lot of people saying, you know, this has been an administrative failure, blah, blah, blah. But, but yeah, give us the honest word. I mean, if, as someone that's applied for this stuff, how have you found the, the experience? Well, the whole thing with Centrelink. So initially, so job the JobKeeper allowance announcement only really came out like last week. So before that, like for at least like the last three weeks, people who have lost their jobs or lost work could apply for the job seeker. See, it's even confusing the fact that the names of them are so similar. (laughs) Because like they should have just kept job seeker as new start at the doll. That's what that is. And so I initially applied for that because they were opening it up to sole traders, to people who had lost work because of COVID-19. And they were saying that the mutual um, obligations um, that you would have normally under job seeker, a.k.a you have to actively be looking for a job. That was null and void. Yeah, of course. You didn't have to do that. You would just have to show that you were trying to keep your business like moving and going Mm -hmm. in the right direction while it was kind of like on pause. So I initially applied for that and that was the biggest motherfucker ever to apply for (laughs) for so many reasons. So basically like you had to, you could go online, sign into your MyGov which, you know, most people have a MyGov if you do your tax through it, link Centrelink to your MyGov account and then you could apply for it by just like clicking, make a claim. But the problem was is you couldn't link Centrelink to MyGov without a customer reference number from Centrelink. Uh. And so the number, the only way you could get a customer reference number was to go into Centrelink. Yeah, right. 
That's what it's that's what it said on the website. You have to come into Centrelink to prove your identity. And that's why so many people were lining up at Centrelink. Right. Because the information on the website said you need a customer reference number. The only way to get that is to physically go to Centrelink. And that's why we saw those lines. Right. So for me, it felt like a massive administrative failure because when they made that announcement for JobSeeker, they should have already had in place that you could get a customer reference number online or that you just didn't freaking need one, yeah. which is what they ended up doing anyway. We got there in the end. They got there in the end. I was on the phone. Well, Sean and I, we were both on the phone for three hours. My God. My claim for JobSeeker is still being processed. So the actual application took me an hour to do online. And I had to give them like my income tax statements. I had to give them every single bank account I have. I had to give them a statement. I had to give them my tenancy agreement with my real estate agent. I had to give them so much, all my assets, any major asset I had, I had to give them, you know, proof of it. Whereas with JobKeeper, you don't have to do that. Did you have to provide any evidence of the work that you'd lost as a result of the coronavirus? Well, yes, by providing, I think it was like providing my bank statements. I had okay. to show that. But no, it wasn't like a direct, there was no questions at all about coronavirus. The whole form was still set up exactly like it would have been before coronavirus for people who had like lost a job. Yeah. Okay. And so it was really frustrating and really confusing. And there was like one section where you can write in like why you had lost your job. And I just wrote like coronavirus. <laughs> Big capital letters. Coronavirus, yeah. right? So that's still being processed. But so with the job keeper, I believe, and obviously it'll become clearer when the application process is open, you have to show that you have had a decline of at least 30% in your business income. Okay. Or that you are going to lose that in the future. Because obviously like... We have contracts that are booked months in advance that could just be cancelled. Yeah, absolutely. And you yeah. might make all your money in one month and then not make any money for two months. Mm. So, because our industries are so up and down. Yeah. So, it'll be that. So, if you haven't lost income already, but you may lose income in the future, you can still apply, but you'll have mm. to show that. Oh, that's good. That's good info. Yeah, it is good info. And so, if people need more information, go to, for JobKeeper, go to ato.gov.au. You. And if you don't think you, you know, meet that criteria, go and apply for Job Seeker. But now that I'm in this situation where I've sort of applied for both, what will happen is the government will determine which one I will get. So you can't get both. So you you don't have to go and cancel your Job Seeker, you know, claim if you're applying for Job Keeper. The government will just figure that out. They'll figure that out. Jeez, they've got a they've got a bit of work to get through in the next few weeks. Then, because oh my god, I mean, yes. I know there's a, a ton of people that have applied for this stuff, and you know, you're one of hundreds of thousands of people that have that have gone through this process, and you know, hopefully, it all comes uh, works out smoothly, and you you, you get your get your cash because it's um it's going to be a tricky few months ahead. I think totally in saying like all of that, and it was a bit frustrating. Like, I think that especially the JobKeeper payment is really good. If they could just open it up to freelancers instead of just like sole traders, you know, those yeah. people who are like in your industry, Toby, in the media industry. I was just going to say in, in, in television, absolutely. We're, we're, there's there's tons of people like that that work on, on, you know, they just hop from project to project basically. 
you know, everyone, I, everyone I've ever worked on an OB with is just jumping from one job to the next. There's no one that works full time for, for TV channels anymore because so much is produced by third parties and, and various other things. And, you know, I worked with, with editors on the tour down under that whose next job was going to be big brother, but that got shut down. And then the next job after mm. that for them was going to be something like, uh, there's so much reality TV that keeps the broadcast people employed these days. And that's obviously all now just gone down the toilet because we can't put people yeah. in these, um, situations in groups or anything like that. So it's a real yeah. issue for, for, for the broadcast industry. Absolutely. And, um, and yeah, it's a worry for for me and for everyone that I've worked with. It's it's a real concern because we probably won't get any, we won't get any kind of um, meaningful long term employment for for many many months now. It's going to be scratching around for this, that, and the other. So a hundred percent. And I think also like that's a really good determination between like working as a contractor on a contract and working as like a sole trader. Yeah. It's two very different things. And unfortunately, I think the government hasn't necessarily taken that into account. That's, you know, these industries, they do work very differently. With all sympathy for the government, this is a, a, a absolutely unique uh, oh, totally. situation here. And, and they're thinking on their feet as, as much as we are in terms of how we're going to do our jobs and, and keep money coming in to pay the bills but by the same token they're being bombarded with a myriad of information that they have to determine what the what the right and wrong thing to do is and they you know they're never going to please everybody that's they no, that's no. the nature of government at the best of times but particularly now I mean I'm probably very very biased because my sister actually works <laughs> for, <laughs> disclaimer <laughs> for, yeah my sister actually works you know up up at the uh, you know at the hill so yeah. I, I think they are doing, a, you know, it's a really trying times. And I know that, like, for example, like she's working like 15 hours a day, seven days a week to try wow. and get all this stuff out the door and get money to people. And I th I think that out of a lot of countries, Australia is, is doing pretty well. I think our government is doing a pretty good job, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, uh, I think they acted quite early in comparison to a lot of other countries and that's really saved our bacon to for to a particular degree i've got you know a myriad of theories about what this thing is and how seriously we have to you know abide by all these crazy rules that have that have come in but that's not to that's not for discussion now but um you know having seen the way japan dealt with it having looked at the way sweden's dealing with it at the moment and various other places it's 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 a bemusing situation um when you look at all the different not only the different ways in which governments have dealt with it, but the different ways in which people have been affected by the disease itself. Yeah. There just seem to be an inordinate amount of variables across the board and it's it'll be interesting when it's all finished and you know the true analysis of all this stuff starts to happen. I think we'll get a few surprises here, there and everywhere, which would be, uh, you know, there's probably movie script writers all over the place at the moment just, you know, busily just, you know, writing all these amazing films and tv shows and god knows what else so hopefully that'll be one of the good things to come out of it is that people will get more creative and all the rest of it which is something we're going to talk about in the next next episode yeah i think that that would be really interesting to talk about in the next episode about like how this is changing our lives at the moment and like what we can do as creatives to kind of like keep our creative juices flowing yeah i agree and we've got a few 
few funky ideas. So uh, we will do that in the next episode. But thanks for all that info, Mez. It's super helpful, I'm sure, for a lot of people. And um, No worries. And we'll chuck all those links up in the show notes for everyone so that they definitely. can just have quick access to all that stuff. And we hope you're all well and healthy and washing your hands and keeping your distance and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll speak to you again in, in a couple of weeks. Sweet. Catch you guys. See you later. Click Click Bang Bang, a photography podcast, is produced by Meredith Schofield and Toby Farage. Hey, that's us. <laughs> it is us. And I also do the editing. And Mez, you look after the engineering side of things, I guess. Yeah, like sort of, yeah. <laughs> sort of, kind of, sort of. Yeah. And uh, there's a bunch of other people that have kind of helped us to get this thing up and away. Indeed. Like our amazing branding was designed by dingdingding.co, a.k.a. Your Better Half Tobes. Definitely my better half. And the fabulous music you're hearing in the background let's just have a little bit more of a listen there yeah that's it composed by our good friend simon filiuzzi a legend so good how good is that music tobe so good so so good so good and look remember you can subscribe to this podcast everywhere yep send us your comments and ideas for the show and please don't forget to rate us it really helps others discover us you can check us on the socials at ccbb podcast we'll see you soon see ya (laughs) 